Our reading this morning is from Luke chapter 16, verses 16 to 31. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached, and everyone is forcing their way into it. It is easier for heaven and earth to disappear than for the least stroke of a pen to drop out of the law. Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery, and the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away, with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me, and sent Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And beside all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. This is God's word. Morning, everyone. My name's Scott. I'm the student minister. Um, Shall we pray as we turn to God's word? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, these are uh, sobering words, but Father, they are written for our good. So please help us to to hear them uh, and to respond rightly as we hear you speak to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, World Focus Sunday is always a really good week, isn't it, to, um, to lift your eyes, as Matt said, and to get a bit of perspective, maybe particularly in this year, um, where we can list quite easily all the things that we don't like about church at the minute, the fact that you can't sit beside your friends, and um, uh, last week, the fact it was freezing cold, um, a bit warmer this week, which is nice. Um, there are lots of things that we don't like about church at the minute, but World Focus Sunday is a great um, a great week to, re- to remember what some of our brothers and sisters around the world um, go through to, to, to be at church. Um, so here, here's just one example, Tajikistan. Um, it's not the worst example. It's not the hardest place to be a Christian, um, uh, but it's not easy either. The state in Tajikistan persecutes Christians um, by, um, they, can be, um, they can be rounded up and interrogated um, and uh, put in prison uh, on false accusations. They can have their uh, property confiscated. So um, one recent example, um, a guy called Pastor Barham. And Pastor Barham was arrested in April 2017 um, and, and put in prison for two years 
because um, he was accused of singing extremist songs in church um, and inciting religious hatred by his singing. I mean, he was released after two years, but their church building um, has been confiscated. The government have just taken it away. And so now, uh, when the church meets together, they meet in a shipping container, um, which they've managed to get hold of. I'm not quite sure how you get a shipping container in Tajikistan, but there it is. Um, if you can imagine, uh, the winters in Central Asia are a bit colder than we get here. Um, so it put into perspective my grumbling of last week when I was a bit cold um, uh, being in the building. Uh, it's pretty cold in a shipping container in Central Asia. When, um, when believers um, are, suffer like that or are persecuted and, and life is hard as a Christian, what is it uh, that keeps them going? Well, there's some of the realities that, that we've read about this morning in this bit of Luke's gospel. It is the reality of eternity and the joy of heaven and the torment of hell. See, if those are real, then it is worth keeping going and it is worth doing all that you can to tell others about the good news of Jesus. And we're in, uh, we're in Luke, Luke 16 uh, and we've seen, haven't we, over the past couple of weeks, Jesus on his way to Jerusalem where he will die and rise again. And he's been inviting us uh, to a banquet, a banquet of great joy. Uh, and all are welcome, but some will miss out. So in Luke 13, Jesus told us about the door that would close and leave some on the outside. In Luke 14, uh, there were those who were invited but would refuse to come. Um, and here Jesus spells it out, I think, as clearly as, uh, as anywhere, that there is eternal joy in heaven, but eternal torment in hell. Both are realities. And so we must listen to Jesus. In the end, that is what uh, will keep Christians going. That, will, that is what will keep us speaking of Jesus to those around us, whether that's our next door neighbor or people across the other side of the world. And um, just uh, before we get into, into the meat of 19 to 31, um, just a, a word on 16 to 18, uh, which I haven't spent much time in. Jesus, remember, is confronting uh, the Pharisees. The Pharisees won't listen to what Jesus says, partly because they think that he is slack on the law. They think he's a lightweight when it comes to the law. But Jesus says uh, in verses 16 to 18, yet something different is being preached here, the kingdom. But don't think that I'm slack, lightweight on the law. I've not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And actually, Jesus says that the standards of his kingdom are even higher than the law. So that's why we get um, the little example of the divorce law in verse 18, which pushes uh, the law even further than the Old Testament. So Jesus is saying, look, you can't use the excuse um, that, that you want to use, that, that I'm lightweight on the law, to refuse to listen. And it matters because eternity rests on listening to Jesus. 
That's 16 to 18, but we're going to focus on, on 19 to 31 today, and we're going to see three things. Three things, that wealth and suffering are temporary, that eternity is fixed forever, and so we must listen to God now. Wealth and suffering are temporary, eternity is fixed forever, so we must listen to God now. Firstly then, wealth and suffering are temporary. Verse 19, look down again. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. Jesus introduced us to two very different characters. Um, The rich man, there he is, dressed in purple, fine linen, and the outfits of kings. And every day, we're told, he lived in luxury. Every day was a banquet for this rich man. This is, um, this is, we're talking caviar for breakfast and a champagne lunch and a 12-course meal uh, for dinner every day. Contrast that uh, with the beggar who lies at his gate. A beggar's life is, is miserable by any standard. I mean, he's as poor as it's possible to be. He has nothing. I mean, he doesn't have his health even. He's covered in sores. And as the the aromas of the the rich man's feast uh, flow down to him each day, well, he has to endure the humiliation of being licked by the dogs just roaming around. He has nothing. But this beggar does have one thing going for him. And his name, this beggar's name, Lazarus, means God has helped. He's actually the only character that Jesus names in any of the stories that he tells. So that must be significant. We'll come back to that. But let's be honest. If you had a choice between those two lives, which one would you choose? Well, you'd you'd choose the rich man's, wouldn't you? It looks to all intents and purposes that that the rich man is the one who is blessed by God. But the crucial thing is that the rich man is failing to do what Jesus was, was commanding us to do last week. He's failing to invest in eternity. He's so busy living for this world that he doesn't give him a second thought to the world to come. And he does absolutely nothing to help Lazarus, who's, who's laid at his gate. Which is awful, but, but it is only a symptom of his uh, deeper problem, which is his attitude towards God. The rich man doesn't love God. He has his banquets now, every day. But he's going to miss out on the eternal banquet. Lazarus, by contrast, well, he has nothing now but God has helped him by promising him a place at that eternal banquet. Look down at verse 22. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus by his side. 
See, their lives were incredibly different, but their eternities are entirely different. And Jesus, he gives us these pictures here to help us understand um, eternal realities. So we have Lazarus carried uh, to Abraham's side, and that is a, a picture of heaven, a picture of, of perfect comfort and security um, after his life of hardship. All the promised blessings of the Old Testament are there at Abraham's side. And in contrast, the, the rich man in Hades, in hell, where his experience is one of torment and agony. He longs even for a drop of water. See, when, when you step back and you have that perspective on those two men's lives, whose life would you choose? See, even, uh, even the Christian who suffers the most um, in this life, well, in the perspective of eternity, they are better off than the wealthiest, happiest person on earth now. And there are suffering Christians all over the world. Um, let me commend to you the, the Open Doors uh, website, which has lots of stories about the reality of living as a Christian uh, across the world today. This is one that, um, that stood out for me, one of, uh, of a person um, called Prisoner 42. That was the name she was uh, given. That was the number she was given in a North Korean internment camp. And she, uh, she says this in speaking about her experience. Your name is the first thing that they take. Then they take your freedom, health, and clothes, companionship, even your hair. And finally, they take away the daylight. She found herself in, in solitary confinement for over a year before being moved on. See, in, in, in worldly sense, Prisoner 42, she has nothing. I mean, even her name is taken from her. And yet, if God is your help, well, you are better off than even the wealthiest. You know, Open Doors um, estimates that there are between 50 and 70,000 Christians uh, being detained in North Korea currently. What do they need to know to keep going? They need to know that wealth and suffering are temporary. Wealth and suffering are temporary, but secondly, eternity is fixed forever. Look at verse 24. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you're in agony. And besides all this, between, you, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. These are, these are hard rallies, aren't they? But they are realities. Eternity, Jesus says, is forever. And a few things will remain for all eternity. Uh, firstly, our attitude to God. 
will remain forever. And the rich man hadn't loved God in this life. And he doesn't start to do that in eternity. He, he wanted a life without God. And in eternity, that's what he gets, a life away from the blessings of God. And he had lived his life, hadn't he, providing for himself without a second thought to Lazarus at his gate. And even now, even into eternity, he, he, he wants Lazarus to serve him. He wants Lazarus to leave the comfort of heaven uh, to come and ease his suffering. But as Abraham makes clear to him, you had your good things in this life, but you didn't use them uh, for God. The, pro- the problem is not essentially that he was rich. Um, Abraham was one of the richest people in the Old Testament, uh, at, but he trusted God with his wealth, whereas this man doesn't. He trusts himself. His heart cannot change now. That, that path that he has walked so many times in this life has become so well-worn that it is an unbreakable habit into eternity. His heart will not change. His heart will not change, but neither will his situation. Eternity is fixed forever. Abraham says there is a, there is a chasm between heaven and hell that no one can move across. Those in heaven cannot comfort, and those in hell cannot escape. Jesus' point is that each of us has been given our lives here and now. We've been called to, to trust God and to invest in eternity. If we don't, there is no second chance. many extraordinary things about, about that interview that we saw with, with Laura Nelson. But it's striking, isn't it, how the difference that it has made, the hope of heaven has made as they have grieved. And the difference that makes to those around them that others can see. And her words were, were striking, weren't they? For, for their non-believing friends, it, it is not a game anymore. This is actually life and death. If it's true, it changes everything. If not, you're building your entire life and hope on complete nonsense. The hope of heaven makes a difference even, even when life is hard. And the reality of hell, the warning, means we must keep sharing it with those who don't yet know him. That is true, even if everything on, on the outside in this life looks like it's going well. I guess for, for those friends of Laura's in Paris. I mean, they live in Paris. They have, I don't know, croissant for lunch and pan au chocolat for mid, mid-morning snack and, and baguette for lunch and red wine for dinner. They, they live in the most beautiful city in the world. But if they don't know Jesus, this is the eternity. That begs the question, doesn't it? Is God unloving? Is God unloving? Um, in, 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 in telling us about this, in making this a reality. Well, we've got to remember who it is that is speaking these words, who it is that is giving us this warning. It is the Lord Jesus who left his father's side, who left the comfort of heaven uh, to endure the hell of the cross. 
in order that we could spend eternity by his side. And Jesus doesn't tell us these things to harm us. He tells us because it's for our good, because it's true. Eternity is fixed forever. And therefore, final, third and final point, we must listen to God now. We must listen to God now. Verse 27. The rich man answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. See, the rich man gets that that people need to know about this reality. He wants Lazarus to go and, and warn his brothers. But Abraham says they have all that they need. They have the law and the prophets. They have the Old Testament to tell them what God has said. Rich man keeps trying, doesn't he? That, that's not enough. You know, that, that, the, the law and the prophets, that's just an, an outdated book that no one listens to anymore. Now, what they need is, is someone from the dead. Then, they, then they'd wake up and, and listen. Then they'd repent. Well, Abraham says, if, if they won't listen to the warnings that God has given, they won't listen, even if someone rises from the dead. See, God's, God's warning of, of danger, um, it, it, it's not sort of some small print warning in the, in the back of an instruction manual that you never read. No, it, it, it is the story all the way through the Bible, writ large, that God judges his enemies, and rescues his people. If that was true of of people who had the Old Testament, how much more is it true uh, of people today, of us today? That is, after Jesus has come and, and taught clearly about the reality of eternity, after he has died and risen again, God has sent someone risen from the dead to tell us about these realities. But if we, if we refuse to listen to what God has said, well then, like the rich man, we will be left without excuse. And so as, as we wrap up, look, if, if you're tuning in um, or if you're here this morning and you're not trusting in Jesus, please hear this warning. Uh, do not delay Hear what Jesus says and act on it. Put your trust in him. Don't head to an eternity without him. And then for those of us who are trusting Jesus, well, first of all, this passage reminds us that we praise him for the gift of eternal life. It is a gift that he gives. God has helped But secondly, it reminds us of the urgency of of telling others that they must listen to what God has said. Whether that's our our friends or our neighbours or people that we'll never meet on the other side of the world. People need to hear 
what God has said. I guess on, on World Focus Sunday, that's why we remember, uh, as we remember why we support our mission partners and to equip them and other Christians uh, to tell the good news of Jesus. I mean, it's why some like, like Chris will go um, to countries where people haven't heard of him. It's, it, it's, it's why as the feature encourages us to, to pray bold prayers, big prayers, that God would be merciful, that people would hear and respond to the good news of Jesus. Why? Well, because the wealth and suffering of, of this world is temporary. But eternity is fixed forever. And so it really matters. It matters more than anything that we listen to Jesus. Shall we pray and that we might do that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we praise you for these words of Jesus that though hard to hear are written for our good. Father, that we might know that there are realities beyond this world and therefore we must listen to what Jesus says now while we have the opportunity to repent. Father, we, we praise you that that, that that opportunity is there, that there is still time to put our trust in Christ. Thank you for those of us who have done that, that there is hope of eternity with him. But Father, redouble our efforts, we pray, to, to speak of him to those who don't yet know and face eternity without him. Father, we pray that for us here and for our mission partners and for all those seeking to, to tell the good news all over the world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.